Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, wherever you are around Australia, around the world, as always. We thank you for giving up your time to tune in to the golf-loving team that we have here at the My Love of Golf podcast, and we have the full team here tonight to talk about the digest the great major that we had, the second major of the year, of course. It was a PGA Championship. There's so much to talk about. The guys were up to the wee hours. They were up early, and we've got Magic Mike and Rocket here to join us, so let's get those guys in and talk about the PGA and what's coming ahead in this week of golf on tour. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Magic Mike Creedy, welcome back. You had a week off last week uh, in um, in the lead up to the PGA. We missed you, absolutely, but we had the Rocket Man here. Mike, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, thank you. Thanks for having me back on your show. Oh, thanks for um, making the commitment to join us back on the show. And of course... Uh, Rocket Rod Heron, how are you up there in uh, sunny Queensland? Are you well? Good, thank you. Very two, good. Two weeks in a row for you. Uh, this is becoming a bit of a like old times. Um, but, of course, you are the majors man, as we announced last week. We had the majors man on the team. And uh, I know that you are very involved and very engaged for the PGA and ultimately the win, which, of course, we're going to talk about. Uh, your boy Brooks is back. Um if if I'm if I'm a bit jittery tonight, it's not me being. If I look jittery on the screen on the Zoom here, um, we'll have to get back in into making the Zooms um, and putting them back on the, the the YouTube channel, which I've been a bit slack with just because of we're all busy. But if I seem a bit like jittery, I'm standing up, and it's the first time I've ever recorded a podcast standing up. So it is a uh, first for the My Love of Golf uh, team. But this is my new commitment. We usually start off by you know, checking in with each other well, how, how the weekend golf was. I'm still not playing any golf because my back's still a bit cactus. But this is part of the uh, the new regime, the winter regime. Back in the pool, back in the cardio section of the gym and standing up. Um, so I've rearranged this podcast studio, which is otherwise known as a wardrobe. Soundproof wardrobe, very well soundproof. You can see it there, Rocket. There's all that. Uh, rearranged it and I'm standing up. So I'll, I will be doing this podcast from this point forward, standing up. And I think it's going to give me a new level of freedom, new level of creativity, a new, new way to think um, without having being my fat backside, um, Kate, to the Sedi- chair. Sedi- sedatory self. Uh, it wasn't a great chair. It was a $60 Kmart chair that I bought about oh, five. No, you can't do that. Yeah, five, can't do that. five years ago. It was a lounge chair and it was, when it became an editing studio, um, it was no good. But If um, there's one thing you've got to invest in, you've got to invest in a damn chair if you're going to be sitting that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I will have to, is there a stand-up, is there a chair that goes with a stand-up desk? Like, that sits no, you just need a good, no, you just need a good chair. Okay. You just need a good chair. Good chairs down here. Um, so I've done it with for myself. Like I have uh, an actual gaming chair. So really good gaming chair. Oh yeah. Um, massive. You're a massive gamer. You play a bit of, no. ga- bit of gaming. No, but the thing is, though, they design them. It's de- designed for sitting on your ass and for long periods of time. Okay. Um, you know what's brought all this on? Other than having a bad back and me sort of having to get into a better position, so I can actually get back out and play golf and be a bit more competitive. And the pool and the gym part of it, you know, what brought it on. It was quite, it was quite shattering. No, I was fat shamed by a customer. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Joe, who I uh, won't say his last name, but Joe came in and said, "Okay, man, how are you going? Geez, you've put some weight on since I last saw you. Thanks very much, <laughs> Joe." <laughs> so uh, anyway. Um, here's, here's your box of ball minus a couple yeah, of sleeves. Exactly right. That's ten uh, percent extra. No drummer club discount for you this week. But uh, anyway, thanks, Joe. You've you've motivated me to um, change the studio around, um, and I've got the sexy sexy lights on. So uh, I've got the Roxanne put on your red lights there. It's all happening here. It's all changed. 
<laughs> okay, so the PGA uh, at um, Oak Hill. Oak Hill, we gave it a pretty good rap last week. Uh, Rocket, you gave us some of your best about the Donald Ross um, course and you know, pretty pretty accurately too as it panned out. Um, as we watched the play, you know, a lot of the stuff that we spoke about, you suggested, sorry, sorry you spoke about, um, that were potentially going to happen in play pretty much came to bear. And um, as did the score that you portrayed, you foresaw, um, came to bear. Uh, the winner came to bear in the teeps of sense for you and I. So it was all, all happening. Mike, um, you know, how was, how was your... What were your sort of overarching hot takes from the PGA Championship? Uh, it was a good event um, all round, you know, tough but fair. I think probably the only part that – the only probable downside was round one seemed to be a little bit uneven between the, the waves. But, um, yeah, other than that, not much you can do about the weather. You get the good and you get the bad. So other than that, yeah, I don't think they could have – I think they couldn't – have hoped for a better event. It was the morning, morning late that was the sort of preferred yeah. section, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, the yeah, the 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 leaders and the cut. A lot of the cut players came from that morning late swing. Yeah, it was a funny one where they day one was supposed to be pretty lean for weather, wind wise, and then the Friday was going to be windy all day. Um, but it kind of ended up being. A little bit windy morning day one, and then it kind of teetered off in the afternoon, and yeah, it just didn't quite didn't quite pan out the right way. So a couple of people got caught on the wrong side. I think there was a I think I put it on the Discord. There was a um, the Friday guys put up a good stat that effectively the top eight through ra- two rounds had all been from the same side of the waves. So I mean, it wasn't like a you uh, an open championship real, you know, nuts and bolts throw you out the window, but it was you know. It was there. One and a half shots, I think it was, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was good that it came on, well, yeah, those first two rounds. It was like 11 o'clock, sort of 11.30 it came on, and uh, they had the featured groups on, and I got quite involved watching the fe- featured group. Uh, Scotty was um, getting a lot of coverage in those first couple of days. I remember falling asleep, and then they had this, uh, when they were, I don't know who does, who did the coverage that we watched here on, in Australia, was it ESPN? Ah, yeah, uh, it's ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Um, they had that shot of the bubbling brook. Did you see? It? Oh yeah, on day on day two <laughs> when it was pissing with rain. And that was like the 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 pause screen. Like I'd watch it and they, when they'd cut between the groups, and then I fell asleep, and then they woke. It was like the 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 test pattern. So that bubbling yeah. brook, and it was fascinating. I was watching which way is the water swirling? Is it swirling different this time? Because it was like live. Um, boring. Um, okay. Let's get in. Let's let's get into it. What well, so? What happened, Rocket? You know, what was your what was your overview of the PGA Championship? Of course, your boy Brooks won. You've got his, you've got him there in your background, um, angry, <laughs> angry, sad, happy, annoyed. Uh, for the for the benefit of people who won't watch the YouTube, if we do or don't put it up, we've all got a little screen background. As I said, I've got the uh, red red light on the background. Mike's got his famous um, Nike shoe wall of his shoe collection. Uh, Rocket's got a picture of Brooks Kepka um, with all of the emotions that Brooks Kepka uh, displays in his life. Um, angry, sad, happy, annoyed, um, and a picture to represent each of those emotions. The picture is all the same on every emotion. So that probably wraps up uh, you know, a pretty good snapshot of one of the reasons how Brooks 
got the job done, keeping his emotions in control and getting back what, whatever it was that he won't tell anyone, whatever it was that he learned after the Masters um, and what he, he and his brother's caddy talked about and when they digested that Masters performance and his brother's caddy ripped him a new one, um, whatever it was that he won't tell anyone, and he made that clear several times, um, yeah, but I, I, he, I no, he pro- he did. no, no, he did. He was, oh. he was quite. He was actually. Bef- it was before, I think it was this halfway mark or after the third round. Um, he was asked about the masters and and like what he learnt, and he said, "Was it after the second round? Was it after the no, it was third round? It was after the third, third round? round. Yeah. yeah." And he was just goes, "I'm going to go out there and play not to lose. No, he, I'm going to play to win." He said that because he goes, "I, I was." I was playing the Masters to. I was trying not to lose, rather than yeah. going out there to play to win. But there was something else that he that that he said, and it was in his I think final press conference where, and he he batted 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 it away a couple of times. I'm pretty. Well, sure. someone might have heard, you know, depending on whatever the conversation is, like it would be probably a bit more detailed, you know. So he probably didn't reveal what the conversation was, but in terms of his approach, like he said exactly what he was going to do. And if you go, if anyone goes back and watches the final round. Even just those final thirty-six holes, he played. He played exactly like that. He was playing to defend a lead Offense, rather than just defense. play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you if you watch the final round, it was he did exactly what he said he was going to do, and I was loving every minute of it, every minute of it. Um, nervous, but loving every minute of it. So for me, like I'm. You know, just the PGA as a whole, right? Because it does get it does get punched punched in the neck a lot. Being, being the fourth major, we'll call it the fourth major in terms of where everyone ranks it with everyone else, and just the the event as a whole. You know, all the little storylines that that were there, um, the play, the the people that were coming near, near the top of the leaderboard and things like that. All the little stories were playing out. Yeah, it was just it was awesome. You know, I wish I got to see a lot more, but you know, the the time obviously with um, New York makes it a little bit bit challenging at times. But I tried to get the feature groups as much as I could, and then try to watch as much as I could in the morning. And and if I had time to watch any of the replays, I'd, I'd do that. But then, you know, the third round, the final round, they were the they were the main ones which I sunk my teeth into. Um, and yeah, it was. For me, because everyone knows I'm a massive Brooks fan and oh, I didn't think he was ever going to get back to this stage ever again because of his knee. And, like, if you watch people watch talk about full swing, he talks about it then. Like, he's this brash American and um, chock full of confidence and he's the complete opposite on on full swing. And, you know, to think about the Masters – and it's the you know I wrote it in the Discord like when you when you lose a lot of close ones like you think back his last win was 2019 PGA he finished runner up at the Masters to Tiger and he was also one of the ones that dumped it in the drink on 12 missed his opportunities there then he is runner up defending the US Open to Gary Woodland because he had a uh, he faltered in the middle of that round he nearly choked his way out of the PGA. He was tied for fourth and playing, putting horribly for the Open Championship, which Lowry won. Then his next contention was, that's when he, after that, he'd, he'd sort of, oh, he still, he'd hurt his knee then, but then 
he was and then he done more damage again and then you know his next time he was contending was 21 uh, at Kiwa and he was I don't know, seemed like he was a shadow of himself and then he go he contends again at the at the Masters and he's got this well, fairly commanding lead and you think old school Brooks would just you know stomp people but you know he John Rahm ran over him and you kind of think if when you when you have that those many like you you're just not failing to convert like that's gonna it's gonna build up over time and it's very rare for people to sort of break through that and the fact that he did in this fashion is I think that should um I know it instills confidence for me that for him the next few years from a major's perspective he's just going to be formidable and it shows that he has a mental strength to come you know, I think he's gone on a run, a lot of injuries, gone on the downside, come back out the other end and and starting to hit back into the same sort of form that he had over that, you know, three or four year period. Like I'm getting really excited about him in majors. Mike, you and I spoke about so uh, when we sort of did the digestion of full swing and for me, and I, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I if I had to surmise, I said full swing for me and the interest level peaked in episode two, which was the, the Brooks um, episode. And I com- you know, commend Brooks for being so open and being so raw, you know, like he, he just let, let people know what he was think- feeling and thinking. And, you know, some people sort of chastise that. And, but I, I wonder if that is part of, you know, this re-energization of, you know, Brooks Kepka, the golfing beast, um, you know, after he's gone through that and he's obviously listened and watched to it and he's heard people talk about it, whether that affects him or not, but, you know, a little bit like therapy, um, you know, had to had to get that out there and, and then come back from it. Of course, the injury part physically, you know, that's part of it as well. What do you, what do you think when you, when you see this revitalization of the Brooks? Um, I probably put it, for me, I just put it down to his fitness. I think, yeah, I think I look at him as a guy who uh, was probably quite stressed about his future playing the game that he loves because his knee was cooked and he got offered a lot of money. There was too much to knock back. And knowing full well he was still going to play the tournaments that he gets up for. And he gets up for majors, simple as that. And he, he's proved that time and time again. Rocket's just giving you the list. So if I'm him and I know I can keep playing majors, which are the only things I care about, and someone's going to pay me scorions to go and do this. I, I think it I think it actually works for him really well because he can go and do what he wants on live tour and not be kind of fast about anything. Not too super dissimilar to probably the way he was on the PGA tour. He didn't exactly go out and dominate PGA tour events like he does majors. He finds a he finds a fifth leg. Yeah. So um yeah. I think physically, uh, uh, but I still think that where he was at, I think emotionally and, and mental performance wise, he certainly hmm. seems to have. Bounce oh, back. He, he was cactus. Yeah, yeah. That, that we did talk about it. I mean, um, in in um, full swing. Yeah, he, he was he was clearly weighing up whether he was going to be able to do it, get to that point again. But I think it was probably more. Yeah, that definitely he was not within him. It was within himself. But I think it was probably more around how his knee was because yeah, we will never know. Mm. Same as like Tiger's injuries or any other anyone else anywhere. Oh yeah, I don't. I actually think it would have been. I actually think it was quite bad because I still remember before Liv when he signed that deal with Srixen. I think I remember on this podcast going, the fact he signed it, he knows that he's 
he's got issues and he's trying to cash in when he can because if his career could be over in five years, you need to make as much money as you possibly can. So cash in. Well, as you just said, Rock, Rocket, you know, you're excited about uh, the next few years of majors that he's got wrapped up and will obviously continue to play. Um, you know, the way that he... When did, when did he put the foot to the floorboards, I guess, for you? You know, when, when did that moment come? Was there a moment that you, you saw Brooks and you went, he's going to win here, he's got this, this is done? What, you mean this tournament? Yeah, this tournament, yeah. As soon as he had the lead going in the final round. Right. And Mike, yeah, you know, was there any, any, you know, did you, what did you think of Brooks after round one? You know, I think I think I bet him in a little. Actually, I yeah. think it was for me the third round. I think he birdied the last couple of holes in the last four holes, which were pretty pretty hard. I bet him. I, think, that was the I bet him in the third round. round. I bet him to be round one leader. Um, yes. Very stupidly, I didn't bet him to be the overall winner, which was crazy. Um, I don't know. I said to you, and I apologise that I'm not a gambler. I can barely work the app, um, let alone understand how the bets work, um, and that seems fairly stupid for you, those of you listening. Um, but I bet him for round one leader, but not the overall win. Um, that happens. It happens, yes. When did you think that he was, you know, um, going to tear it apart? Yeah, look, seeing his name in the mix, I mean, he was probably fifth favourite of the tournament. So when you see someone who's quite up there at the beginning of the tournament price-wise in the mix through two rounds, you have to think he's a chance. I think most people would have been thinking the same as me. Um, they'll probably sit there going, Bryson's not going to win. Uh, Hovland at some point is going to choke. And Scotty Scheffler's in the mix and he's the one that's probably going to win and Brooks will probably give him a run. And then Scotty in round three played horrendously and Brooks went past him. And I think at that point everyone went, yeah, no, nah, Brooks has won. I don't think he's going to get caught here. I think it was pretty impressive by Hovland to hang on. But yeah, I don't I don't think... Um, yeah, I, I don't think I was too concerned about him not winning at that point. So what about um, some of the other storylines and performances that stood out for, for you? Yeah, Rocket, you mentioned all those storylines that are there. And, of course, we can't not talk about the uh, the block party, um, which everyone the whole world is, uh, you know, jumped on the, on the Michael Block uh, train. To, to, I think he's up to like 180,000 Instagram followers. I don't know how many he had before this because obviously we didn't, didn't know of him. Um, well, maybe maybe you did, Rocket, because he has. The thing is, a lot of people I, I was speaking to yesterday in the golf shop, who were mentioning it, um, thought thought that he was just new to golf. Like he was just literally a PGA pro coaching, and then qualified through the sectionals or whatever way, and um, has turned up and finished top fifteen. Now he's actually played in the PGA Tour numerous times before Corn Ferry Tour, like 25 starts. He only made a few cuts, but he'd won 75 grand, but he played in some fairly sizable events going back to like 2014, 13, 12, 7. So he's he certainly tournament um, experienced. Um, I played in, I think, maybe five PGA's, uh, PGA championships. Correct. So he's played in like seven majors in total. Um, so he wasn't inexperienced, but I guess when you have had and lost your card and lost your way within tournament golf and then you end up on the range coaching at a club you know engaging with the members it's a fairly 
sizable story and obviously the performance that he had has caught, as I said, caught the world. Um, did you know much about the uh, block party beforehand? No. Uh, it, his story, which I'm just not going to recount because it's, like, it's, it's everywhere, but um, I call it for the week, it was the cherry on top. Like if you don't have his story, like the tournament would be like a, you know, you give it nine out of 10, his story. And then just how he played was just, that's the, that was just a, that was like a bonus, massive bonus. And then off the back of that, you know, he's got himself an invite for play colonial this week. And I think he's got Canadian open as well. What a way to do it. Right. So, yeah, he, he's, hmm. he's made, he's got paired with Rory in the last round. Um, he's made an ace, like a slam dunk ace. Slam dunk. That was awesome. And then a couple of significant up and downs, which, you know, as we know now, know, massive up and downs. <laughs> had some fairly, fairly, um, that's a new word. You can use that if you want. Um, a fairly serious impacts into what's going to happen for his future. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to to think about it, and it seems just like a great guy, you know. Obviously, can play some golf. Had a shank, had a shank out there as, as well. So, yeah, um, well, on, on eleven or fi- no fifteen. Had a bit, of, had a bit of everything. Uh, no, it was good. My, but sorry, going. But you know the the others like you go Scheffler, you know, just showing again who he is. Hovland, who's going to break through at some point. We'll call it. He's getting closer to the end. Unfortunately, you know, the the face on 16 strikes again. And then, you know, backdoor Rory again. But, you know, I think, you know, you've got Cam Davis finished tied for fourth. He gets a gets a start in next year's Masters. And he's, his first top 10 finish in a major shoots uh, 65 in the final round. That's... That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's awesome because the thing is, he's he, he's, you know, oh, I know I've talked about him before, but you know he's got all the tools. The thing that he just needs to continue to improve is his wedge game. Like he's, and this is probably probably why I finished tied the fourth because you know back to wedge. You know, from 140 in. The, this course wasn't going to suit the people that are good from 140 in. So that's a weaker part of Cam's game. So him finishing fourth makes sense because he's really long, hits it high, pretty good ball striker. He's okay with a putter. Um, so, you know, him to finish off like that, that's, that's, I, I don't think that gets talked about enough because that was, that was a really good finish. And it's good confidence booster for the young man. And I think that finish pretty much. Again, secures his card for. Oh no, he still would have had another exemption, another year running on exemption. But either way, you know, the masters. He, he, yeah, masters. But it might even get him a bit closer to the the top end of like tour championship. I don't think he made tour championship last year. No, I don't think so. Because um, if he makes tour championship, then he gets into all the majors again the, the year after and some other bigger events as well. So. Well, I wonder if he'll come back and defend his Sandbelt Classic, Sandbelt Invitational, where we all learned and saw firsthand that he's an absolute supreme ball striker. Wouldn't um, be surprised he's that sort of kid. Uh, let's just go back up to Scheffler. Um, shovels. Shovel. shovel. Now, 
according to uh, our rules, rules uh, mate, that uh, he was just moving loose impediments, but uh, it certainly didn't look very, very um, authentic uh, in the spirit of the rules. But um, as we moved on, but we won't talk about that because we talk, spoke about that last week. Is he underperforming at the moment? Yeah, I know he's finished T two and he's finished two behind the, the lead, but is he? Is he? Nah. He's not nah. underperforming. Not not underperforming. Nah. I think he's finished top twelve, to, top twelve in his last twenty events or something. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm going off the top of my head. I don't. I don't know. But no, nah, he's he's. And, it's funny the swings and roundabouts. We we we're all we all have. Um, and this is not picking on you, Ross. Is every everyone in golf? We've all got memories of goldfish. Like, um, Ram doesn't play for a couple of rounds, and we all go, oh, Ram's no good. And, and Rory doesn't play good for a couple of rounds. Like Rory's no good. I'm not, not, he's not quite there. He's not quite at Scheffler and Rahm's level. And then two two weeks later, it's oh well, Brooks is clearly the best on planet Earth. And you know this guy's um, nah. He's he's he wouldn't be concerned about anything. And he's playing this week and probably goes out and wins. Um, he's yeah. He's Rahm Rahm and Scheffler comfortably best two players in in the world comfortably. Um, but I know people probably won't think this is a popular opinion. But Rory's not far behind. Oh, here's the thing is that even though he's – here's the thing is that I think our expectation of Rory is the thing that, you know, if you remove the expectation of Rory, you would probably – everyone would probably be going, oh, my God, he's another top 10 in the major, et cetera, et cetera. You know, because I think we all – again, back to what Mike's saying about that, we forget. Like he won four majors in a very short period of time 10 years ago and he hasn't won anything since. But the thing is, though – He's been winning, except for a couple of years, he's won, wins multiple times a year. He's always contending in lots of events, doesn't miss many cuts. And his world ranking for the last 10, 10 plus years, I don't think he's been outside the top 20. Like, hmm. no, you know, the only other person until last year that could hold, in, you could put into that standard for the last decade is DJ. I just looked up Sheffler's results from for first event of the year was Korea, so that was T forty five, and then he's gone third, ninth, second, seventh, eleventh, first, twelfth, fourth, first, fourth, tenth, eleventh, fifth, second. Freak, just just shelling peas. So uh, a lazy, a lazy fourteen point four million in prize money. Just just in prize money. That'll do. That'll do. You'll take that. Yeah, and, and if we could we could we could pick on on Roars. So if you go back to, jeez, if you, if you just go twenty twenty three, he's won first, four times in the last twelve months. Yeah, so like just this year, first thirty tied for thirty second, tied for 29th, second, miscut, third, miscut, tied for forty seventh, seventh, and then the year before that it was like if I go backwards, win, tied for fourth, fourth, tied for second, win, tied for eighth, cut, third. Yeah, that yeah that really good run there for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the, the 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 boy can play. So last week, although was, I will was I will say that um, Andy Johnson on um, Shotgun Start actually dissected his problem the best. The problem with Rory the best. Okay, but for those of that hasn't listened to Andy Shotgun on, on oh, he just Andy talks Shotgun, about his yeah. strategy. Like he broke it down into um, like he talks about Brooks, right? And this is this is why Brooks is just geared for majors is he he plays aggressive but at the same time he has a strategy and a plan and he plays to that and he kind of sticks to it 
and doesn't really waver from it. And he and he's really focused on making no mistakes. And and he, I think even one of the one of the interviews he talked about this week, and he said doubles kill you. Doubles, you make doubles in majors and it kills you. Like even if you just make one, it kills you. Um, and so he made 18 birdies, 18 birdies for the week and had nine, obviously nine bogeys. But then Rory had something like 16 birdies, but he had, I don't know, 14, 14 bogeys. Must have 14, yeah. And, and, and the thing is that if he, he goes, you know, Rory – it's like you look at it and he goes, he just makes mistakes. Like they're just – sometimes you watch him play a hole and you're like, what are you doing? Like why are you hitting it there? It's almost like he's – you know, he can't find this middle ground. Can't find the right – he's trying to freewheel it and then he thinks too much and he can't find it, you know. And Andy Johnson just boiled it down. He said "What Rory when Rory plays, he doesn't actually have a strategy, like a plan on how to play the course. Like it's a major, like how do you plot your way around the course and make sure that you avoid mistakes? And he said he just makes too many mistakes because he doesn't have a plan. How much of that uh, would you put down to Rory's caddy? Certainly pressure. I mean, there's more and more people talking about the fact that, you know, he's, his caddy's probably not a, it's a mate, not a professional caddy. I mean, he's a professional caddy, but, um, you know, if someone like Paul Tesori was on the market or, or these guys were on the market, he should be talking to those guys and not going for someone that's not going to overrule him. That's what people keep asking. Yeah, well, that, and that's and that's a good point, right? It's one of those things where when you go to someone else who's, who's your caddy and he's your friend, but the thing is, though, do you, are you giving him license to, to tell you that you're being a dickhead, right? And so he sacked a very, very good caddy and the guy he won all his majors with because I think they had disagreements because I think – Maybe that caddy was also telling Rory, he's like, you're going about this wrong. And he hired his mate. And it's been nearly six, seven years. And you would, you know, I would kind of, the first few years, like you would kind of be like, you know, this is ridiculous. But over time as a caddy, you would think you would kind of learn what, what, you know, find, find some ground. Like, you know, the same thing happened with Dustin and his brother. But the thing is, though, he's, he's, you know, they've found a good middle ground, even though it's his brother and his brother's able to kind of tell him and direct him and stuff like that. Um, um, but Brooks, uh, uh, Dustin's a different beast. But, yeah, it's, there, there's something has to change. And, and it's like really when it comes down to it, it's like someone telling Rory how he should play or he needs to figure out a strategy and just kind of stick to it. Okay. But, yeah. It's got all the skills. That's the thing. It sucks. It's got all the skills, but he just makes too many mistakes in majors, and that's why. That's why he's backdoor all the time. Last week, you've been a bit harsh things. with the backdoor. He was pretty good this week. He was pretty rock steady this week. Hey, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. Right. <laughs> There's about five or six ahead of him in the backdoor top ten options. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's good. Sixty, yeah, it's a little backdoor. As a, not not as not as full on backdoor as normal. Not as a bit as two years two years no. ago with his nine under in the final. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not the not the lowest round of the day to finish, you know, top five or something like that. It's like, yeah, we'll call it this one was, you know, you know he, he had the keys, you know, had the keys. <laughs> we uh, we um we chatted last week and we said, yeah, to me, it feels like this year could be 
a year that we see one player one player win two majors. If if you had to, if you're having a bet, um, don't leave me with the bet because I'll mess it up. I won't I won't do it. I won't press the place bet button on the app or on something like that. So don't leave it to me. But if you had to have a bet out of um, Ram or Brooks, someone who's going to win a second major this year, where would you place that bet? Ram, Ram, yeah, Rocket. Mm, we've got him. He's thinking. We might have to place a bet now, given that. I was going to say, you, you, you think, and I'll tell you why I think Ram. Yeah, that go. Go. Because if I'm placing a bet, I'm going with the odds in my favour. Odds in my favour says Ram's the best player, as we just said, in the world. So, and he's already got one. So, for him to win another, best option. That's it. Yeah, I, I actually think because of. Because of the two courses that are left, I still think it's Brooks. Like LA Country Club is going to be interesting because it's going to be firm. It's going to be really firm. Um, haven't seen enough about what it's going to be like rough-wise and things like that. Um, and I, I think that one's really going to be – that one's going to be really challenging. And then Royal Liverpool, I don't know – <laughs> The last couple of Royal Liverpool ones have been quite, I get quite dry there. So it can be a bit of a, uh, that's a real strategy one. Uh, that one could, you know, if there's no wind, I would say Ram, but if it gets windy, I'm probably going to be Brooks. Mm. No, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to stick with my boy. I'm going to have to stick with my boy. Okay. <laughs> well, we've got one, uh, one that's picky tip would tip Ram to um, be another. Major champions, two-time major champion. We've got one with uh, with Brooks. Uh, what say you, people out there listening? Uh, do you think that uh, masters, um, masters, majors are hard to win? We all know that. We t- Mark talks about that all the time. Um, but is it the year that someone could win two, and is it going to be one of those two? Okay. Other storylines. Uh, what about the Australians? Uh, we had uh, we had a couple of uh, decent results. We've already mentioned Cam Davis. Um, and all of the accolades that go towards him and obviously the good things that happen for the rest of his season and obviously into next season. Uh, Cam Smith, T9, would you have, would we have, where did we put him up there last week in the figurings, uh, Rocketman? Um, the fact that he finished T9 on this course is actually a pretty impressive effort because you need to drive the ball, all right? I haven't seen any stats or anything like that, but... Um, yeah, you know, I think the conditions after the rain leading the final round is is that that's what lent it to him being able to probably score really well. Because if you look at these rounds in the other ones, like it's it's just not up his alley. And I think he was on the wrong side of the draw as well. He got he got a couple of um he got a couple of nasty ones from a rain perspective. Um, yeah. He's yeah, he's the epitome of um, the three or four that shot up the leaderboard in the final round once it got a little bit tamer and a little bit softer. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have him in the mix at all this week. No. Um, and yeah, look, final round shot him up the leaderboard. So yeah, from five hundred and final round, um, where the winners at nine is a very, very good round of golf, and he hadn't done any crazy damage before that, like a lot of people had. Um, so yeah, snuck in. But yeah, off the tee, rubbish. Um, which we know his driver is no good. So all week that was the part that let him down and. Shock horror rocket. What do you think was his best at? Putting. Yep, correct. Ranked to him putting for the week. 
Rank, <laughs> rank two in putting. Okay. Where was um, uh, Brooks ranked across the uh, board on some of his stats there, Mike? Why you've got it up? Yeah, so pretty much across the board, top 10. Um, Tita Green is a key stat here. So he's ranked second for the week. Off the team ninth, approach seventh, which is one of the other key stats. Around the green is always important in any of these tournaments where you're going to get missed greens. Uh, and he was third. And putting was his worst, and that was still 15th for the week. So Manny, very, hold, Manny very, holds very some clutch putts. That was old school Brooks, Holland, some of these clutch. Well, so, been... Inside eight, for some reason, eight feet and in, like when he's on, like it's yeah. like it's money. His best stat for me this week, even though it wasn't his highest ranked, was his approach. And his approach was was um, elite. Even when he was missing fairways, he was still hitting greens from further back than most and from out of scrub, which people just couldn't do. Strength like was that, just getting him there. Like that, the second shot he hit from the side he'll lie out of the junk on six. No, his third shot because he had the penalty. Remember the final round where he's hit it yeah. in the in the. In Did the he get piss. a penalty? Yeah, he hit it into the water, took a drop on the, on the, mm. on the other side of the bank. So he's on that side hill lie. He's got the tree in front of him and he's got 200 to go. So you've got a hook lie, water left, out of rough, and he's just powered it onto the green. It's like, yeah, like, and then the, then, then the other big one from the rough, which was, this was like one of those clutch ones. You think straight after Hovland's hit it into the lip, you know, takes a drop out, chunks it back out in the fairway. Brooks is in the fairway just waiting. No, in the, in the, in the right rough waiting and just just absolutely mashes some wedge from like 160 out of just the biggest lettuce on the planet and hits it to like eight feet four feet eight inches four feet there we go four feet eight inches like yeah ridiculous and i've got no sympathy for hovland or connor's hitting it into that lip that's just a poor shot Absolutely not. Like they weren't, it wasn't like it just clipped the face. No, it was like it's, you might as well have topped it. Yeah. It was two feet below. It was Cause, not Because I plugged. know someone asked me about that one. They said, oh, you know, unlucky to have been plugged. I mean, no. I said, if he actually had a decent contact and hit, it would have hit halfway up the face and it probably would have bounced out. But for them to hit it that low, they've yeah. effectively bladed it. I think they'd put in some new sort of layers of turf, but still, there was no one nowhere near clearing it. Like, not close. Yeah, well, yes, and you've hit it into the area that's the softest part. You've got between yeah. the the bunker and the the lip. It's it's just soft soil. It's not compacted or anything like that. Like you've hit it into the worst spot. And well, it was funny. It's so funny watching Victor hitting it, and he was in a better spot further to the left. And the commentators start talking about Corey Connors and see so he hits it. You hear this? Oh. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, that's one of the worst shots ever. And he had a nine iron, a nine iron. Yeah, he, must, he just pure sculled it. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, that's that stuff that haunts you. That one. Um, okay, so we've got uh, Min Wu, other Australian performance. We had Min Wu, um, some great results for Min Wu. You know, T eighteen. Um, but the, I guess the exciting news coming out of the weekend for Min Wu is that you know he gets that. Um, Provisional status, temporary provisional membership onto the PGA Tour, Mike. And Foxy. And Foxy. We'll get to Foxy with T23. 
uh, we talked about Foxy last week and how, how good it would be to see him play the whole weekend. And we probably didn't really figure enough into it, and that's because we didn't have you here, Mike, that um, maybe some, you know, weekend action might elevate them on to that provisional temporary um, that temporary tour membership for the rest of the year, but it certainly has, as we all know now. Uh, so really um, great stuff from from that pair of uh, Australasian golfers. Foxy plus three, Minwoo plus two. He's just loving life at the moment. Is the young man Minwoo Lee? Um, recently had a round at Peninsula Kingswood too, um, which I was disappointed that I wasn't there when he was there. Played with Big Stevie May and a couple of other footballing crew um, uh, when he was back down for a uh, tune-up with his coach at the Australian Golf Centre. Um, I was going to ask you something there, uh, Mike. Um, Son Minwoo Lee. You got any stats on Minwoo? Is what, what? Where was his? Yeah, know? he. Um, yeah, one of the key stats was we just said a minute ago this week, and we knew beforehand was strokes gain approach, and he was putrid. He was ranked seventy first of seventy six for the week. So, um, yeah, you can't, you cannot miss greens and score. So you're scrambling all day. So he's around the greens. He was ranked sixth. His parting, he was ranked seventh for the week. But yeah, approach seventy first and. Uh, off the tee, thirty fifth, middle of the road, um, but yeah, that, that that's what did it. The irons did it for him. Uh, killed him. We'll come back to Scotty, but obviously we had Herbie there at t forty. Um, had it, yeah. I'm not sure Herbie had the rough end of the deal. He got quite wet, didn't he, on one of the days? I think everyone got wet that wet day. That day yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I. I um, yeah, don't know what Herbie's doing. He's. Um, Made the cut, yeah. you know, pretty much on the number, I think. But a lot of people he did. It's it's more just the prep for it. Like I know that he, this stuff's meticulous for all these guys. But I mean, he was in a he played in one in Japan. Then he went back, I think, to maybe home. Then he went back over again. Um, he's picking tournaments here and there. I've, I'm I'm sure this is the last year. Has he got one more year of his exemptions? Not sure. I wouldn't think that he's exactly flying in regards to retaining his card, even if it is for next year. So, I mean, he's obviously got super confidence. He's, he's a super golfer. But, yeah, I, I'm just – yeah, I'm not sure that he's putting himself in the best spots to to clean something up and lock stuff in and make his life a bit easier. I don't know. I think he's playing we'll this – We'll find out in six or eight months. Yeah, I think he's playing this week. Um, okay, uh, back to back to Scotty. Yeah, he was, I think, leading – early doors round one um maybe not at the end of the day but certainly for a good chunk of it you know it was going all right in round two he doubled he doubled um he doubled the final his final hole in the dark Uh, he's right up there in the mix through was it the first round or second round so he had to did he have to come back and i've got a funny feeling he played it quite late in the day and and doubled it in the dark yep i think so and that was and that was pretty much Setting back. So, what did he have in the third round? What was his round three? Third round, he shot 74. Round one, yeah, 68 with a double on the last. Yeah. And round two? 74 with doubles and bogeys galore. Mm -hmm. That was it. The the beginning of the end was a double on 18, round one. But yeah, he was right in the mix. I think he would have been leading through round one if he didn't make that double. Yeah. He would have been. Oh, he would have been. Tied with Bryson, eh? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
didn't see the double, but I remember getting up the next morning and, um, sorry, the next, he played early the next morning and I was awake late, fell asleep and went to sleep and he was like four under or something like that and then woke up and he was nowhere, gone. Um, anything else stand out for you there, gents? You know, what about the course? You know, the course, I think you've pretty much summed it up, Rocket, you loved the course, but a lot of the players were a little, seemed to be a little bit, critical of the long rough and some of the some of the setup um you know these deep lies and plugged lies that they were all getting are they just being a bit too precious or yeah what was, what was your read or thoughts around that like everyone could be critical set up like oh going forever how they could set it up differently but geez i can't can't fault it right who was a someone threw a club and run no raham on the second round Second round, destroyed two um, um, broadcast mics and, like, deliberate, like, evisceration of broadcast mics. Like, I, I know I've defended him before with a little bit of his anger and rage and stuff like that, but we'll call it willful damage of property like that. That is that's a terrible, terrible act. Shocking. Like, the first one, trying to remember which hole it was, he was long and he's hitting a chip and he didn't hit it great. And he's walking up near his bag and he's had a wedge in his hand and he's just absolutely eviscerated the mic. And then it was like the next hole. Actually, he did it on the fifth. Did it at the back of the fifth. And then the very next hole, the tee shot on six, I think he hit it in the water. I'm not sure. And then the mic was away from his bag and he's walked over and he's just destroyed that one with his driver. Like that's just like really, Mike. Did it's you, like, did you see any of that, Mike? Uh, only the highlights because it was on um, the middle thing. of the night our time. Yeah, because I know the no laying up guys were doing the the broadcast at the time when it was happening. But I was well in bed. I wish we got that. Um, what uh, what happens with that? You know, is it just swept under the carpet for the nah, master? He'll get a he'll get a fine. Yep. He'll get a fine, or yeah, that we won't know about. Right. Because he'll, he'll write a check to charity or find somewhere. Yeah. Here's ten grand to place your mics. It's poor form, but isn't it? It's like it's pretty bad. Like, and he had a crack at the the broadcasters as well. You know, like don't point the cameras at me, don't show my face with your cameras because when I've got my angry face on, uh, what, what's going? Like, He's all, he can be as good of a player he is and as nice he is. He can also be a complete wanker. Touch of the Sergios. Yeah, I think that. I mean, the, those guys. The, 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 he he needs to know better than that. You know, do it for the kids. I don't know how you want to describe it. <laughs> do it for the kids. Do it for the kids and the kittens. That's it. Just think of the kittens. That's it. Um, Every time you get angry and you destroy Mike, you're killing a kitten. <laughs> I mean, if I'm him, he knows for the rest of the week he's going to have a camera on him, no matter what. He was out of it in round one, right? So he he copped the bad side of the draw, played poorly. Um, and was done. So he was never making it making it all the way back. But he still knows the rest of the week he's going to have cameras on him. He's probably in a feature group. He's playing terrible. And he let it get the better of him. And he, you, you just can't do that. You just can't. Okay, as we wrap up the coverage of the PGA, um, anything else, any other stinkers uh, from you guys, you know, poor performances or performances that we didn't see coming? Um, you know, Rocket, we probably had Jay Day a little higher and uh, missed the cut, you know, maybe 
Only Finau was the one I didn't expect to play like that. Yep. Finau and and Sanjay were the two that I don't know what happened there. Well, Tony was five over after seven. And and I'll tell you, I don't know how because one of them got plugged plugged in a bunker and it cost him a double. And then he had a shot that literally fell into the pot and he just, he was so stiff not to get it out and it cost him another double. Like it was a joke. Yeah. And then he played, I think he played really well for the next 36 and he's sort of climbing his way back up the leaderboard and then just went backwards again, badly. Yeah. Those two definitely were the ones that I felt should have been in the mix from the data pre-tournament that were very disappointing. Um, The one that I probably had my biggest investment on pre-tournament was Tyrrell Hatton. Um, Again, all the data looked like it would be good and he just had a horrendous round one and then played the way I expected him to play for the next three rounds, but he was so far back. I think he had 77 round one. That is um, correct. And he just went kept kept playing well for the rest of the week just to make my life agony. Um, <laughs> I will say he's really crafting a wicked Amish sort of style beard. <laughs> yeah, he um, he played quite well. I mean, look, he finished T15 and in round one he had 77. So, um, look, even if, he, if he, even if he remotely hangs on and keeps at it, you know, three over, he finishes, you know, he finishes three under t- top five. So, yeah, disappointing. I just want to give a shout out to the, um, the Champions Tour players that were representing there, you know, me being the uh, plus 50 uh, brigade, if anyone is plus 50 and follows the Champions Tour. Good good on you, Patrick Harrington, for making the cut and finishing T50. Uh, but our man, Stephen Alka, who, who, um, we talked about last week. Didn't didn't make the cut at all. Finished plus twelve. Uh, right, and he beat Sean McEwen. I think half. I think everyone bar one beat Sean McEwen. Bobby McIntyre usually gets a chat about the uh, top Scott. He was far from top Scott. Um, okay. What else, gents? Uh, what else? There was something else I wanted to talk about, but um, Ryder Cup. So that was obviously a big discussion point coming out of this championship as uh, we start thinking about teams, team selections, there's a lot of hype around Zach um, getting all of the questions around you know, will you put Patrick, will you put Bryson will you put Brooks um, DJ in the team, all that sort of stuff and then there's the DP World Tour saying well, then the Brad Faxon tearing um, Brandle apart sort of thing with it's just golf mate where do you guys where are you guys seeing it Rocket, where well, you can go first. Pick your best team, Kez. Okay. Mike? Um, yeah, I think the majority of this stuff comes from people caring about live more than anything else, and I think they love the storyline because it's us against the world, which is cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see in – I think we talked about it today. It was today, yeah, on, um, on the Discord group – there's 0% chance someone like Patrick Reed's getting picked. He, and he doesn't deserve to get picked on his form at all in a, no. in a, in a right cup. Um, Brooks is a guarantee. If he doesn't get picked, it's a joke. Um, yep. He has to get picked. Um, DJ, DJ. maybe. He's a maybe, I think. He's right on the border. I mean, he if he plays well in maybe one of the, or both the next two majors, I think he's right in the mix. Yep. I don't think he's going to get in. I, I don't it's not an anti-live take. He's just not going to get in on it. He could win the next 10 events and live. No one's picking him on that. They just won't. No. Um, and the guys that are in that are already qualified, they're not coming out. Like I know, I think I talked about it today. The two that are probably the ones that are in that top 12, 13 
because you've got to take out Zaltoris because he's not playing. So the next that that brings in Tony Finau from 13 into the 12 spot. The next two guys are Wyndham Clark and um, Kurt Kitayama. Now Kurt Kitayama playing as good as anyone at all. Like he he he's had such a good year. There's no way you could make an argument for Patrick Reed to get in over him. No, Brooks definitely. Brooks would definitely be ahead of him, and I reckon him and DJ fifty fifty toss a coin. I think Wyndham comes goes out for Brooks, and I think that the last spot is if DJ comes in, it's it's probably for Kurt Kitayama. But again, yeah, Kurt Kitayama finished T four this week again. He's, he's playing great golf. Is Bryson anywhere in that team? No, no, no chance. No chance. No. Okay. Uh, this is this is his and self proclaimed by him. This is his best event in probably two years. Yeah, he's been nowhere. Um, he would need to fi- he would need to finish top ten in the the even even if he finished top ten at the U.S. Open and then the Open Championship, I still don't reckon I'd pick him. Well, it's a it's a hot topic, and you know, I think on the European Tour side, you know, which is the DP World have made their position very 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 clear. Even if uh, it was just golf and uh, pick the best golfers to represent the continent. There's probably no live players getting in there. Maybe Tommy Peters might be the last pick, might sneak in there, but there's probably no one else that really there's no one else there to um, even there's, there's no there's no, the, no there's no one that's on live that's a that's one where you go, oh, no. it'd be a shame if they missed out. Yeah. And it's and it's not, not a form thing. It's a the you know, the, the, the major European Ryder Cuppers were, you know, they they got um as mobility cycles is I'll run it through. We'll run it through. So, current 12, Ram, Rory, uh, Victor Perez, they're the automatic ones at the moment. Um, but behind that, I mean, if, I could, if I'm just going to run my eye down and slot people in and out, Yannick Paul will be 50-50. Moronk surely plays. You have to have to put the big Moronk in. Has to. Love Shane him. Lowry plays. Yep. Fleetwood plays. Tyrrell. Tyrrell plays. Hovland plays. After that, it, it is a lottery. That's the honest answer. It is a lottery because you've got guys like George, who's played good on, but don't know if he's a Ryder Cupper. Thunder Bear, again, not not sure. Ategui's had a good year, but again, who knows? It, it is a really, really lean team. But even then, if you think about the guys that aren't there at the moment that have, that have gone to live, I still don't think, you know, the guys that automatically people will think about like Garcia and Poulter and Westwood. I don't think they'd be, I don't think they'd really be in the mix. You'd rather pick the Hoygaard brothers before you pick those guys and put some um, faith in the future. And put some miles on their clock so they're ready for when you need to contend. You never know what will happen. What number, what position do we get to with the European team before we ran out of, you know, these are, these guys are a lock and they're, they're could put put up a fight against, uh, you know, in a match. It's um, oh yeah, no, I don't think they'll put up a fight. It really depends on the course, um, because it's it's quite mixed. The Euro one, it's a bit different because I mean, Jorge is sitting above Fleetwood, um, just because of the way they're doing their points, and they do it a little bit differently to the way the US picks their team. So, I, I wouldn't want to okay. guarantee. I think it'll yeah. shake out a fair bit. We'll keep an eye on it in the next few months. Okay. Well, anyway, it was a topic of conversation. Of course, Zach Johnson got brought into it several times. Um. I would hope that uh, from a US perspective, that's just they just go with the it's golf. Let's pick the best guys to represent the US because that's what we want to see. We want to see the best golfers out there playing in that event, which we all love. Okay, um, this week, gents, we say, we, we say that we say that we want to see the best golfers. Yeah, but the story won't be that. The story will be why didn't 
so Joe Garcia get picked. That'll be the story. Okay. Well, maybe it will be. Well, but it won't be. It definitely won't be on the European side because they've said that that's not that's not an option. But yeah, you know, still unclear on the US side. No, no. The, the US has to pick him. They have to pick the guys on the live tour. But even has has a, has the European tour definitively said they're not picking them? I was pretty sure that they. I, I they thought had. they had, but then I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure now. Okay. No, I was pretty sure that they Keith Pelly had been pretty clear on that i can't recount the exact audio bite or anything like that but i'm pretty yeah. sure that they were solid on that okay um this week we've got the wells uh not the wells fargo the um colonial charles swab at uh colonial in uh texas yep. a few australians have won that tournament in the past can you name any of them uh gents aussies love texas is this the one where mark leishman won that no. you you mixed up last time no nope. um no i've got no idea uh, you, El- has elkington won here Oh no! Isn't this the um, so this is the one where they give Steve the they give the uh, the plaid jacket? Um, no, they, they also the, yeah they also give the it tartan, to the tartan yeah. jacket. Um, yeah, it's uh, was it not uh, Adam Scott? Adam Scott's one. Um, yeah, I think so. Bruce Devlin, no. Bruce De- Bruce Devlin one. Oh yeah. Are you looking these up? Or are you doing these off the top of your head? I did. I uh, know. I'm doing it off the top of my head now, but I did look them up earlier on in the day. Uh, it's going to say, "Geez, Bruce Devlin is one from nowhere." Well, I thought you might have got the obvious ones. I was just going back with the Bruce Devlin and Bruce Crampton, actually. By the way, um, from uh, Sydney, Bruce Crampton uh, played at uh, the factory uh, Adam, of the great golfers. Beverly Park. Adam Scott won in 2015. Uh, sorry, 2014. Uh, Rocket Rob Hampling runner up in 2008. Eight. Craig Popeye Parry, runner-up 1995. IBF in 1988 was the winner. IBF was the other one I was thinking of. Crampton, runner-up in 73. Devlin, 166. Crampton, 165. Kel Nagel, runner-up twice, 60 and 61. Ah, so, so we've got history here. What's your... Well, uh, we do. Aussies love, uh, Aussies love um, Texas and the West Coast. Played on Bermuda grass. I think we got Bermuda here at uh, Colonial. No um, idea. Pretty sure. No. Um, okay. What's the, what's the lake say, Mike? Um, it is a week where you, for a non-elevated event, you still got a few big hitters turning up. Uh, Scotty Scheffler's playing, Big Vic Hovland is playing, Tony Tabernacle-Finau, <laughs> Jordan Spieth is playing. Um, so there's some, some bigger names, Maximus, Homer, Ricky, um, Cole. Justin Rose, who's playing very, very well at the moment. Um, I think this is the one that Cole, remember he had that real putting jiggle, I think, when Berger beat him here, I think. Yeah, to 20. Yeah, there we go, 2020. 2020? He had uh, missed that little one from about two feet. Oh, yeah, that'll hurt. Good memory. Good memory. Um, good memory. I thought I was pretty good because I remember Sam Burns was last year's winner in the tartan jacket, but uh, that's excellent work, Rocket. Because I think Colin went out the very next week and won the work day that was played at M- M- um, Muirfield. It was um, COVID times. This one's for you, work day. I say that most days at work when I open up work day. Are you, are you sponsored by work day at um, the dairy? Uh, yeah, we use it. I think most, most big companies use work day for that yeah, sort of job. same. Been a while since um, I've been, been, been a while since I've been in a big big company, a little golf shop. Uh, we're not using Workday. That's all your all your HR needs, um, people management stuff. Um, yeah, the Data Lake top fifteen from the top. No shock horror at all. Scotty Scheffler, second. Victor Hovland also not that much of a shock. Uh, Tom Hoagie, Tony Finau, Max Homer, Ricky Fowler, Cole Morikawa, Sepp Straka, Justin Rose, C. Wu Kim. Jordan Spieth, Akshay Bhatia, Ben Martin, KH Lee, and Tommy Fleetwood. It's a very, um, very tight list. I know I wasn't didn't do the show last week, 
one guy that was right up the top of the data lake or very close to the top was um Adam not Adam Hadwin. It was um Adam the other Canadian. Oh, oh. Uh, he was Shank? Right, no, no, he was right in the mix for you know, he, he was he was he was at seven hundred and fifty to one and, and through uh two I think on the day two he, he was two under through uh, a couple of holes and I was getting quite nervous that I was gonna win. Oh not Pendrith. No, no, I can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. I'll figure it out later. He's um, he uh, he was up the top of the list, and this week the only one that's up the top of the list that's of any sorts of odds. Uh, Barty is about one hundred and forty. Ben Martin's around one hundred and fifty, and Sepp Strack is about one hundred to one. Oh, Adam Svensson was quite short. Adam, Adam Svensson, <laughs> the Svensson, yeah, the, Swe- the Swedish Canadian. Yeah, uh, Sepp Straker, he's a he's a beast. He's a bit of a beast. I don't mind Sepp yep. Strack. Uh, he'd, be, he'd, be a, um, he'd, be, he'd be a chance for the um, European Ryder Cup team too. Um, who's betting this week in our team? Is... Uh, you know what? I'll go this week okay. just because I know that it'll get put on. <laughs> get a... Well, I put it on last week. We, we all had a crack at putting <laughs> I'm, on. I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident that you actually meant to bet DJ and Brooks for the win though, not, not, not first round leader. Could be. It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I right. looked at the bet and I'm like, Dude, they're very interesting Picks, why would you just bet first round leader? Well, you know I'm a little live forward thinking, and you're probably right that I would have tried to throw those two in there, even as a half a wind up to you two blokes. But um, yeah, no, that was terrible, terrible form. I'm, don't, that, can I not bet? Can I allocate my bets to whoever I think is going to bet the best instead of me doing it? No? You can do whatever you like. Yeah, it's so, not. It's it's. You know, we're not betting. We're not betting millions. We're just playing around, just having but, fun. However, however. Obviously, we've got to talk about the teepster. Um, you know, I chastise myself for my oh, yeah. lack of betting skill, but wow, we I've moved up a couple of places on the leaderboard into into a. Top, I should have. I should have done that. So just before I didn't, I didn't have that ready to go. So we had twenty-two people pick Brooks last week. I know we're jumping around a bit, but people that picked Brooks were Pultz, Rocket, The Shermanator, Jamie Staden, M Log, Roscoe, Public Golf, Golf is an Attitude, Goffy. I'm going to stuff this up again. Michael Lloyd? Yes. Yes. That's sorry, Michael. Not, not, I know, Mich- I know. not, not Michael, not Michelle, not no, Michelle. No, I normally say Mitchell because Mitchell. I, Mich- <laughs> but I apologize. It's, it's just because it's my own name and I'm an idiot. Uh, the Golf Labyrinth, Three Putt or Die, Lee 1149, Hoop 78, Morgie, Sam Windsor, Craft Golf, Headrock 3, Shenry, Young Ice 75, Dave Norster, Jim Jay, and Jay Brooks all picked Brooks. 22 people. Top five, Shenry with a rocket up to fifth, 13.4 mil. Golfing tattooist just absolutely steadfast in that fourth spot, 14.2. M-Log Roscoe just clips him into 14.8 uh, in third po- position. KT, 15 million flat. And Jim J, $29,000 ahead in first spot, 15.029. So it's getting very tight at the top. So it's like $300. Separating P one and P three, roughly, uh, three hundred grand. Three hundred grand. Yep. Oh, two hundred and fifty thousand. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Sorry, three hundred dollars. <laughs> Clearly, maths. I told you, betting maths not my thing. Three hundred dollars. Um, three hundred uh, grand. It's very tight. Very tight at the top. So what am I? Fifth. What am I? You are. 12.14.75, uh, we'll call it 14.75 liters on four 15.029. So it's yeah. like so 300, yeah. $300, <laughs> 280 grand. Yeah. Um, cool. Oh, it was good fun. Um, well, 
I don't think so I don't forget to put your tips in this way. Yeah, don't forget to put your tips in. I'm I'm running out of hot hot ones. Um Jordan Spieth will be popular. Um he loves he loves a spot. He's got a truckload of top tens and a win. Um 29th last week off a wrist injury. I think he'll be very, very, very popular. Justin Rose has won here before, playing really, really good golf. Um Tony Finau seems to win tournaments like this and not the big ones. He could be a very good option after a fourth place here last year. Um, I'd say they'd be the, the three that most people will work around. I'm going to use up uh, Colin Morikawa, I think, this week as my pick. I feel like this is going to be a week very heavy to the strokes gained approach, and I liked a little bit of what I saw last week from Cole with the irons. Okay, there we go. Uh, Rocket, you got anything else you want to add to uh, any of that? Anything? No one's played any golf. Obviously, didn't did, didn't play any golf last week, Mike. Uh, not last week. I did play the week before. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably down to my lowest handicap in a couple of years, which is very impressive. I um, I think Joe Ptolemyo is a listener, so apologies to Joe because I clipped him in the the uh, Growling Frog uh, daily comp last not Saturday Saturday before, um, around in a little forty two point run I had, which was good. Um, a little bit unlucky not to to get a bit more, to be honest. You, cl- you clipped old Joe. Not, uh, shout out to Joe if he does listen. He plays obviously a teeps to fam. Um, Joe is one of the most supportive people of anything that we do and also in the drum and golf world. He likes everything, shares everything, um, thumbs up, love hearts, emojis. He's, he's a great fella. Uh, I think I've met him in the shop once. I missed him once when he came to say day. And and you pipped him in the ground. Oh, I did feel bad. I, I literally I, I logged into the to the I turned up to the course to play and they said, Oh, we've got a daily comp and I said, Okay, I'll play. I was playing by myself. And um I signed into um my score and the first name that came up on the top of the leaderboard for the day was Joe Ptolemy. I'm like, This can't be a co- this bloke's gotta be gotta be the guy that's in Teepsa that otherwise is a really big coincidence. And um yeah, I kept an eye on the score report through the day and he was he was in before me. And he had 39 points, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not getting to 39. And um, especially after I lost the ball on the third, and then yeah, I came in in 42. So there you go. Oh, well done. Growling Frog Open, Pip Joe Ptolemy. Apologies, Joe. Um, Try and get the team to uh, be a bit more aware of who's – who's. Yep. You know, we want to pull a, pull, pull a handbrake I on. Should have, I should have just walked off the pull course. The handbrake, should, pull the handbrake on, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mike, sh- uh, show us your hoodie on. Uh, I didn't know you were wearing the uh, Prez Cup uh, hoodie. You see my hoodie? I've got a hoodie. You, you're wearing a hoodie rocket? What are you, you got Got anything on yours? Oh, it's a Caddy Snacks. You've got the Caddy Snacks hoodie. Uh, have a look at my hoodie. I'm just going to move the microphone for a second or maybe move the camera down. It's very much like the, um, it's very much like your president's cup Similar. logo. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually Jamie McLaren. It's, it's, it's one made by uh, Melbourne City Football Club to commemorate Jamie McLaren's fifth golden boot in the A-League, the most prolific goal scorer in the A-League. Uh, it's got a little golden boot up here. 143 goals the young man scored. Uh, he is a golfer. He is, he is a um, friend of the – no, he's not a friend of the podcast, but uh, he's a friend of mine. And um, very, very proud to pick up my uh, $80 hoodie down there at the uh, semifinal last week when Melbourne City um, saluted and uh, make it to a fourth consecutive grand final with all of the golf boys firing. Andrew Naboo, Jamie McLaren, Scotty Jamison. Um, so just – do you want to go to Sydney in a couple of weeks' time, Mike? You want to see, you know, you're up in Sydney. Can you stay for the weekend? Can we play any golf on a Saturday and then go to the grand final? Uh, any, no. Any dairy business up there? 
Oh, there is, but I go to Sydney enough for okay. my liking. Uh, so I won't be going up. And with all due respect to Melbourne City, I, I probably wouldn't go up for a game of football either. Yeah, I can't understand why you want to travel across the west to see the dogs get beat. But anyway, that's all right. You know, I'll go and uh, represent. We, we don't get beat. We uh, we beat Fremantle over there, and then we oh, beat your side last week, I believe, wasn't yeah, it? No, so you did. Everyone's beaten my, everyone's beaten my side. Uh, gents, thanks for um, your time again. It's always fun to catch up with you on a uh, weekly basis and appreciate you coming back, Mike. Uh, Rocket, appreciate your uh, patronage two weeks in a row. Um, you're always welcome, but uh, if you need to go back to um, back to the rest mode, um, you, you just let us know. Yeah, when I've, got, I've, got, I've got a bit of trouble coming up. You just let us know when you want to plug in and we'll plug you in. Uh, gents, uh, thanks everyone for listening and taking the time out of your day, uh, your week, your month um, to listen to the, the 239th episode. Um, keep listening and, uh, and we'll keep doing it. We'll see you next week on the Mile of Golf podcast. Until then, play well.